Welcome back to Season 3 of Comic Book Nation, the official podcast of ComicBook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me today, I got Janelle Wheeler. Hey, everybody. And joining us, one of our jack-of-all-trade superstars, and going to be joining me today to help me break down what's going on in the world of anime, Mr. Evan Valentine is back with us. Hey, thanks for having me, guys. Really appreciate it. So uh, you're coming in here to a kind of a, a hot show that we got going. This, this is a hot potato we have uh, going right now. As a we hot are show, pers- sure. Uh, I, mean, I meant that not even in the best way, like you think it would be meant. But uh, we're kind of sitting on some uneasy ground right now because as we've kind of hit the live stream for this podcast, we're all kind of waiting to get the title reveal to Spider-Man 3. We thought it was supposed to be here by now when we started, There are a lot of rumors flying around the internet trending right now as we speak about what this title is going to be, but we have not officially gotten it yet. So we are going to talk a little bit about what what we're hearing, and then we're going to go through this podcast, and we might have to freak out on you guys with a live (laughs) reaction to bring it all back once this title drops. So that's where we're at. But as you notice, my co-host Matthew Aguilar isn't here yet. More surprises, he could be popping in here at any minute. He is out doing something super secret for the comicbook.com team. There he is. Speak of the devil, and he shall appear like Mephisto. (laughs) (laughs) Mephisto! Yeah. Yeah. Confirmed. Yeah. So there's Matt. We just were saying you might pop in here at any second. You literally literally popped in at that second. Yeah. (laughs) So that's where we are with Matt. That's where we are with the Spider-Man like three thing. Just wait and see all around. But hey, the Matt thing worked out. So uh, here we are. Okay, so Spider-Man 3. We're in our live wait to get the title of this movie. The cast spent yesterday trolling us with fake titles that had us all jumping going, oh, oh, my God, here it is. Tom Holland hit us with what? Phone home. Um, uh, Zendaya hit us with Home Slice. That's the best one. Yeah, yeah. that was the best one. <laughs> it had the best, the best memes. Mm-hmm. And uh, what was Jacob Baton? Home Wrecker. Home Wrecker. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the cast is having fun just That's a messing Cisco with song. us. Yeah. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was just like into the phone, the whole phone home thing. I mean, I love ET, and I just thought there could be a lot of fun things to do with like aliens or the multiverse or, or stuff like that. Um, but right now, as we are speaking, Spider-Man three is a huge trending topic, but it looks like one of the titles that's taking the lead in on Twitter right now is no way home for Spider-Man three. Um, and that seems to be the one that fans are kind of putting their chips behind. There's also some other bit popular ones, the way home, uh, and home worlds, which I love would be, home worlds, home worlds would be, yeah, that would be. That would really set it off, right? Yeah. I mean, especially where we're with where our tin foils are and how big they've gotten from WandaVision right now. That would <laughs> that would really set it off. So which title going around do you guys like? I mean, we'll just take these top three, uh, the way home, no way home, and home worlds. Janelle, you already outed I mean, yourself. Yeah, they all make sense in their own way. And the whole the whole thing about all of this stuff dropping yesterday is that we could deep dive into like, was it the Tom Riddle? Uh, weird anagram thing. Like, where, was the title hidden somewhere in there? Uh, like, the colors of each logo, what did they stand for? I mean, we can seriously, like, 
dissect this and you know that if we have to we will but my favorite is home worlds uh i just it just rings better to me and i just i like the concept of you know the multiverse and different worlds and you know it it just seems good for me but honestly all of them are good even the trolley ones like i like phone home because i'm an et generation <laughs> i like home slice because i say it yeah <laughs> <laughs> like it's part of my everyday vernacular you know what i mean like yeah i said vernacular yeah yeah That's big right. words i mean, big words i think that uh, just where this franchise has been and where it's headed, I think No Way Home is the most appropriate because Spider-Man ain't ever getting just a solo franchise by himself. I mean, <laughs> you're gonna you're you're That's out so here, true, and you're gonna be out here forever and just kind of spread around Aww. everywhere. So there is no way back to that solo franchise. Sorry, uh, we're just going forwards. But uh, <laughs> yeah, that's the one I'm I'm throwing my chips behind because I mean this is the kind of end of an arc and and it is going to be some kind of change and I don't know where we're going to go from here so we're not going to spend I mean Evan Matt I mean Evan let's get you on we haven't heard from you what do you what do you put your chips behind Uh, because little known fact Evan's also a comedian so like what's bringing the no pressure I dabble no pressure on it um <laughs> uh, honestly like i would i would say that no way home is kind of the best because not only does it have that it it kind of harkens to the idea of the multiverse and he's bouncing around it but it also deals with the ramifications of uh far from home and his identity being revealed and the fact that there's no home for him to return to on a very tragic note. Sorry, there was no jokes in there whatsoever. Man, jeez. The of Peter Parker. <laughs> Jim Viscardi wants them to get sued by calling He's it so- uh, Homeward Bound. Yeah, He's producer so- Jim Viscardi <laughs> way it is. I was like, oh my God, I get Chance back? Oh know, my God, God. Chance enters the MCU. Just We're just through a Doctor Strange portal. Because if we yeah. aren't feeling enough feels already, like let's just throw Homeward Bound back. I in just, there. I just want it to be home, like no, nothing else, so that we can get a Michael Bublé cover for the soundtrack. <laughs> you just, I, I, I was just, happening? I was just about to say you went really deep with it and profound, and then you threw a Michael Bublé. <laughs> like, nope, same old Matt. All right. All right. Well, that's a good place to stop right now until we kind of actually get this title, hopefully during this podcast. But uh, everybody, yeah, I know he is really trolling us. Like now's the time to reveal. But I also had another question, and I guess it's still really appropriate, even if we haven't gotten the title yet, which is, do you guys think that Marvel's getting a little played out with these title reveals? Um, I'm still kind of stung from Endgame. And that whole thing of us being like, well, obviously, after seeing this movie and analyzing it all, it's probably going to be called Endgame because Doctor Strange made that really heavy reference. And then Marvel was like, no, no, that's not true necessarily. And then we went through that whole excruciatingly long reveal process just to get the first trailer and have it end and be like, Avengers, the title you knew all along. Like, <laughs> you remember that like, Russo yeah. picture where you had to find the letters in the photo? Yeah, I mean, it got That's absurd. Stupid. Anyway. <laughs> in five seconds, people were like, it's Endgame. And they yeah. were like, well, no, you don't know that. And it's just like... I've never seen so many red circles on comicbook.com <laughs> in my life. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, we have time. a comment in the chat. It's just a title. I don't understand the hype around it, but that might just be me. I kind of agree with the sentiment. I feel like, you know, I'm ready for the content. I need I need more than just a title myself. I'm I think Kofi, I kind of agree with you. The played out 
thing with these titles. And I think it's funny what they did. They trolled us to kind of make fun of how bad it's gotten with these title releases. But yes, I think that it's it's time. Like we've waited long enough. And also like it is just a title. Like we're gonna sit here and scrutinize and go crazy. Just drop it. <laughs> Mythical Soldier has has one of the best names I've seen in the comments. Can we just say that's amazing? The title ain't <laughs> the title ain't today, homie. <laughs> that's, that's my favorite. That's that's my favorite. Uh, With a so homies poster behind Spider Man because so homies bad. rock. Anyway, whatever. That's a very <laughs> this is a very Spanish tinge show. I just want to throw that in there, and Love that's it. what I'm going with. That. Hey man, that's where we're headed. So. I guess that's as good a place as any to move on and see, like I said, if we get this uh, title reveal while we're here. But uh, we'll move it around a little bit since you just kind of referenced, uh, you know, this is going to be a Spanish tin show. This is a very Latinx tin show. Matt, take it away. We're talking things going on in the DC universe. The Latino community just had a great week for DC content, right? Boy, boy, it was nice, man. No, like before it was like we have vibe. And then we got, then DC gave us Jessica Cruz, which was nice. Thank the Lord. Like we got, we got some other people in the mix, whatever. And we've had Jaime for a while, which of course, if you don't know, uh, Jaime Reyes is coming to the movies as Blue Beetle. Blue Beetle is as for all the characters to get a solo movie out of all the ones we've gone through up to this point. Because remember, DC announced like 90 movies at one time. <laughs> so the fact that we're getting Blue Beetle first is kind of crazy. Uh, so uh, it's Angel Manuel Soto is the director of the movie. And then let me make sure I have all the details right. Because I've got it right up in front of me here. Um, that's all we have, right? Because we don't actually have a casting yet. Correct? No, we don't have casting. People Blue are uh, okay. people are trying to fang. I mean, actors are trying to throw their hat in the ring right now. Well, of course. Um, yeah, I mean, of course. Why not? But uh, Soto is a character, man. Have you seen stuff about him? Like, just looked him up. No, so I have I have not. So yeah, I mean, he's it. a character, and he's just um, he's directing this. He just directed. I forget the name of it, but it's a uh, getting thing. Meek Mill's in it, and you know, it's a kind of a urban crime deal. And it's uh, he's just a character, man. At first, I was like, is that Bad Bunny? And then I was like, oh no, this is this is this <laughs> dude that they're that they're getting to direct Blue Beetle. I was like, okay, you know, that's uh, Charm City Kings is the name uh, that he directed this movie. And that kind of put him on the map. And uh, yeah, with Meek Mills in it, Tayona Paris was in it. So there you go. But um, yeah, dude, he's a real character. So it's going to be really interesting to see what he does with this Blue Beetle movie. And how do you guys feel, Matt, how do you feel as our kind of DC, and Evan, I guess you are our other good DC expert, about jumping into this and the Jaime story? Um, do we need the Ted Cord of it all? Like, what, what, what do you guys think the approach is here? Uh, Evan, do you want to take that first? Oh, yeah. Uh, Blue Beetle was a great character. First, uh, I believe he was first introduced in Infinite Crisis, I think, was yeah. the first time we, we got a chance to see him. Um, and he has slowly progressed as, like, one of the uh, biggest characters of the DCU outside of, the you know, like, the Justice League folks and everything. Um, I don't necessarily know if we need Ted Cord. I think that uh, Ted Cord, the original Blue Beetle, has... Um, he was established as something of a uh, mentor for Jaime um, in some of the miniseries. I know that like it, when Rebirth redid everything, I think that they kind of, and Matt, you might know a little bit more than me on that one, but um, whether they include him or not, I think that he's just a really great 
character in general to have his own movie. Uh, he's yeah. he's great. He's relatable. Uh, Blue Beetle has a number of flashy powers. We've come a long way since his first live action introduction in Smallville so many years ago. Which Don't I will. That. I Don't. love Smallville. <laughs> I love Smallville. I will defend Smallville to my grave. <laughs> but, I'm the only person the watch right that. there. That's the but middle. I agree. But I agree. And I and I feel like now with just the one because he's such a like his power set is so heavily towards like technology and and you need to be able to have the budget to be able to pull that off right and make it come across as cool as it is in the comics because of yeah. course the scarab can do so many things it's like you know it's attached to his spine so it's like that's what gives him the exoskeleton and all the armor and stuff but like it can do so many things that's going to be awesome in a movie as a and character he's very relatable um and also as a movie character i think what they're also building off is kind of seeing the fun that tom hardy had in venom because there is a yeah. very much a venom talking to yourself mm -hmm. aspect to That's this performance cool. as scarab so. um as a uh, young justice has made great use out of uh, he's not gonna eat people i know he's but not gonna <laughs> threaten to eat them in the grocery yeah, store young justice has done a great job of showing you what high maze blue beetle scarab in that whole kind mm -hmm. of conflict between him and basically having like the terminator implanted inside of him is like <laughs> having the terminator yeah. in your head being like who is this person like in your school hallway who's annoying us let's vaporize him and you're like whoa buddy like whoa, yeah, yeah. It's, um, you know it's, how oh, yeah. like that was one of the best parts of the last spider-man movie where it was like tinkering with tony's armor you know of like all the things that like he didn't understand it can do times that by 10 and that's mm -hmm. the kind of dynamic you can expect because kofi's absolutely oh, right that's and, cool um you know i like the idea of ted cord as a as a mentor i i like it as how how essentially marvel kind of did hank pym essentially he is a character he plays a role but he is a mentor to the younger person that is going to be the lead as opposed to barry allen and it <laughs> Barry <laughs> Allen ending it and making like instead of having Barry Allen be the Flash and Wally just like not know what to do, now you actually give the younger character a chance to shine, and then you let the older character kind of be that mentor person. So I I like that for him. But that's, that's of course a nice approach. That's not all we got though, because we got a new Supergirl. Uh, because the Flash. Uh, okay, so the young and the restless. Which by the way, shout out to all my soap opera fans. It's nice to see <laughs> soap opera. And an actor gets a sign. All right. Just no. saying. General Matt's Hospital for Life. Returns. General Hospital for Life. Um, <laughs> Sasha Crowley will be Supergirl in the upcoming The Flash film. So we have a Spanish Supergirl. And of course, we knew we were going to get a Spanish Blue Beetle or people would riot. But like this is like a surprise and it's pretty cool. And of course, uh, Andy Machete shared that awesome video that you've probably seen at this point where he revealed it to her like live and that was supremely cool so yeah it's a good time man it's a good time for us you know us darker shit yeah that video <laughs> made me cry it was so good God, that that was <laughs> <laughs> i have a question from uh from alex in the chat do you think after blue beetle will uh will it be the teen titans movies maybe teen titans in the dcu uh, I had I had a thought about that actually like just came to me when we were talking about this and this would like lead into a great crossover is that you can totally bring back Maxwell Lord 
into a Blue Beetle movie. Oh, man. Uh, following the he he would be aged up a little, but you know, slap some old age makeup on uh, Pedro Pascual and oh gosh, uh, yeah, <laughs> he could he could come back to Love be the him. villain of that one too. But um, Teen Titans in general, I don't know that that would be. I know that. I, I always feel like Marvel and DC are in these competing. Um, yeah, it, it always feels like something that Marvel is doing, DC is kind of thinking of doing at the same time. And Marvel is definitely laying the seeds for like Young Avengers. So who's mm-hmm. to say that DC isn't also kind of thinking about doing a Teen Titans thing? I was going to bring that up. Yeah, I totally agree. I think they are always competing to break into these new forums. You know on each other's heels. And I feel like, like you said, phase four of the MCU is clearly setting up young Avengers in this new younger kind of franchise. And I feel like there is room because DC and teen Titans has just been waiting to break through. I mean, it's been a hit on animation in both kind of, uh, you know, the, in the young justice series, mm-hmm. it's been a pretty good hit in live action in in the Titan series on HBO max. And so like the movie, it, it seems like it's inevitable once we get, it just depends on like what kind of form it takes. I would like to see some of even the newer people in this like DC future state stuff kind of come together and be a different kind of teen Titans and do a different kind of concept. But uh, we could be headed that way. Yeah. I just have a feeling if we get a, if we get a tight, I know people love Lobo. I know people love Lobo, right? And everyone's like, I know his solo movie has been rumored and a bunch of other stuff, right? And that character is popular. But Crush is awesome, who's his daughter as part of the Titans in the comics. And I just feel like that character has breakout star all over her as far as in a movie. Like the minute they, and they do her right, the minute they pull her off right and she's in a movie, gangbusters. I just have this, I just have this feeling. So the quicker we can get there, the better. <laughs> you don't even have to introduce Lobo first. Just like, just have her mention her dad. And then you set up a future thing with Lobo and then Lobo can fight with the Titans or whatever. It's perfect. That'd be cool. Make that happen. <laughs> also, the thing I like about the Supergirl casting, I will say this is people were kind of like, you know, people get hung up about, you know, the race change. First of all, she's an alien. Everybody chill out. Like this is an alien. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Anyway. And the thing I liked about it is I, I think it was just kind of concept art people put together and stuff, but she does look like this actress looks like she could be Henry Cavill's cousin. Like, really yeah like, you know so yeah. and that was my takeaway it wasn't like wild well i look at her and see her ethnic makeup it was like no that looks like Henry Cavill's cousin yeah like if you told me just that please Henry don't dye her like, hair blonde no i mean oh, in this, in this version of things just uh, like like i said she looks like henry cavill's cousin we don't need to do much thank like, goodness yeah. hey, look i've liked i love melissa benoist as supergirl yeah i think she's a fantastic supergirl so and and I'm going to probably really I mean I've liked Machete's other stuff. I have I have I am cautiously optimistic about Flash. I still almost don't believe it exists. But I once <laughs> <laughs> once we actually start seeing stuff, like I will start to believe in this movie that it actually is gonna happen. But like I it's cool. You can have five supergirls. Who the hell cares? Like yeah. <laughs> more cool. content. Yeah, I mean, in this movie, you really can. So, I mean, exactly, yeah, it's, it's kind of crazy. And some people in the comments make us think, like, yeah, they got to still sell this Flash movie concept, but uh, mm-hmm. they're working on it. All right. Uh, just as a final DC note before we uh, take a break and come back and talk about uh, WandaVision, did anybody watch the Superman Lois premiere? I did not, but I, I, I read a little bit, and then I saw some images, which look really cool, but I did not get to watch it. Evan? 
I I didn't, but I did see a 15 second clip of what of of what almost had me like tear up in terms of how they were able to capture the Man of Steel's character in such a short amount of time. Wherein, um, what's the name of the actor who I I, I don't think Tyler, I can pronounce his last Tyler Hoechlin. Is it Hoechlin? Yeah, I always say uh, Tyler Hoechlin is like adorable as Clark Kent in terms of like, in terms of he, he picks up a kid's hat, brings it over to him. And with absolutely no irony or no like talking down, he says, um, uh, here's your hat friend. And the kid's like, wow, that's a cool costume. And Superman goes, thanks. My mom made it for me and blasts off into the stratosphere, which is such a Superman. Wholesome. Corn-fed, wholesome Kansas farmer boy. Is moment. that when he's wearing the classic suit? Yeah, or is he yeah. yeah, I uh, saw that clip too. The, yeah, awesome. the original so Superman suit, and that was just like, you know, love or hate um, Henry Cavill's rendition. I think that that's uh, take on Superman is one that we haven't seen as often in media, which is just like he's uh, adorable to the point of uh, frustration. And that's just kind of like, that's kind of who Superman is, really. Like, he's he's a boring Kansas uh, kid with the power to move planets. And I thought that I they that. kind of nailed it with that. You know? That's awesome. Yeah, I will definitely be watching it. I'm currently, I don't know if I told you guys this, but I'm currently watching the whole entire Arrow, Arrowverse from the beginning oh, for the I first know, time right now. I'm on season three. I love it. It's other so than OCD. Good. Other than OCD. Why? I'm obsessed with it. I think why? it's so good. I'm, I'm right. loving it, but um, I will be adding that to the mix and I can report on it next week. If you'd like me to. You guys have big, pretty words. I actually am halfway through it. So real quick, <laughs> I'm just going to drop that. Um, I think the word to take away from this is pleasantly surprised. I think some people have said in the comments and I am halfway, like I said, halfway through. And that's the word I would apply to this. It is pleasantly surprising that Superman and Lois kind of works. I thought the concept was going to be cheesy, you know, Superman and Lois's parents and stuff. But it's actually pretty deep. And I think it, what it is, is it's a great series for people of my age group who grew up with the Reeve films um, and, you know, and that spirit and even had the kind of transitional spirit of going through like the Henry Cavill stuff. Um but are now at that age where we are parents and and kind of dealing with what and they deal with serious things like one of their kids has a real serious kind of emotional disorder the other one's like a easy kind of jock and and popular guy and it, it's just good and what i think the actors in tyler hoechlin hoechlin there oh god i'm butchering his name sorry man <laughs> um i think what they do good is they ground the family drama is actually interesting and timely and about like real stuff and real emotional stuff happens in this pilot and especially for Superman. And it really does a good job of showing you this, this concept that the guy with the powers of a god still struggles with family and being a father and what to do and his own father connections and childhood and all that stuff. And they do a good job. And it's really interesting. And there is some, for CW, I'll give it to them. There are some really impressive Superman sequences that that look pretty cool in it. So Pilot was, uh, so far, is pretty on point. And even the kid characters are kind of interesting and, and well cast. And, and Does have, he stop a bullet with his eye? I have not seen that real yet. question. He does stop a nuclear meltdown by freezing in it, by stirring up the ocean, freezing it and carrying a huge chunk of ice to a reactor. 
Yeah. So there are some good concepts where you're like, yeah, okay, that is some smart Superman stuff. Like, yeah. <laughs> All right. As somebody who just had to do that to get out of my house here in Nashville the last week, I, I really appreciate that. <laughs> yes. I've been tossing ice chunks too, so I get it. Um, but yeah, check out Superman and Lois because, I mean, it, it is better than I thought for the uh, Arrowverse. But um, while we're sitting here, yes, we've had some breaking news. <gasps> Do we have it? Do we have the title? Not the no. thing you want. Not, not the thing you came here for. <laughs> but the thing we've just posted. We already have it up. When Marvel's Loki is arriving. Yes. Marvel's Loki will be arriving on June 11th. Shout out to Anne that. for putting that in our chat. Yeah, I wrote that up right before I came on, but I couldn't tell you guys yet because, you know, contracts. Yeah. But uh, now that we're free of that, that, that little restriction, yes, it's coming on June 11th. So we're going to have this kind of gap. WandaVision will finish up in the next couple of weeks. We're going to get Falcon and Winter Soldier mid-March. That's going to be six episodes. That'll wrap about mid-April. Then we're going to have a little bit of a gap because then Black Widow is still slated to come out in May. Uh, and then we'll have another little bit of gap before Loki arrives in June 11th. So that's kind of what we're looking at for Marvel content in the first half of this year. So right. pumped about Loki. Yeah, so am I. And I think after WandaVision, we're all going to be like really chomping at the bit because this this series has gone kind of under the radar. They're, I just trying to like write this up and I was like, there's not a whole lot to say about this. People have been really kind of quiet about like what's happening. We know Owen Wilson's in it, female Loki's in it, and there's like Kang, the Time Variance Authority and all that. Kang and Mortis stuff might come into play or is it already in play in WandaVision? <laughs> but uh, yeah, Loki, June 11th, breaking news. You heard it here first. And we'll be getting Star Wars The Bad Batch on May 4th. So you, this year, when you're kind of Star Wars celebration, May the 4th be with you. You also get Star Wars The Bad Batch, which is also increasingly looking like a great series uh, set yeah. after the fall of the Republic in this elite kind of batch of clones that were so cool. And Fennec Shan will be in it. Ming-Na Wen's character from The Mandalorian. So, And uh, there's some rumors we've heard about the Star Wars series that could even involve Baby Yoda. So keep your eye on that. All right, we're going to take a break, pay some bills. <laughs> but when we come back, we are going to talk about WandaVision's big villain reveal and some theories we have about that. And we got to talk comics because this is Comic Book Nation. And Evan's here. We're going to break down some anime for you. So stay tuned for all of that. I guess we paid all our bills and we back. <laughs> so. WandaVision is what we're going to be talking next, and we are going to be talking full spoilers, so if Richard is back there in the booth, let's hit this spoiler alert because we are going into spoiler ah, spoiler territory for WandaVision. Alright, so y'all, WandaVision episode 7 is now done, and you know, as you can tell from the number one hit song in the uh, country, it was Agatha all along. Yes. So, uh, there you go. Yeah, we got a big reveal that uh, Catherine Hans Agnes was, as most of us, you know, real Marvel fans have suspected all along, was Agatha Harkness, who is one of the kind of longest running my mystical, magical characters in Marvel Comics. She has huge ties to a bunch of stuff in Marvel lore and pivotal events, including House of M, the Fantastic Four, Mephisto, um, Wanda's, Wanda and Vision's life and their sons. So this is a pretty kind of pivotal character to introduce. 
And she kind of revealed herself. We found out that uh, Agatha's been pulling a lot of strings behind the scenes, as we found out in that awesome song sequence, including kind of bringing uh, Peter Quicksilver to to into the situation. So what did you guys think of the reveal? Janelle, let's start with you. As somebody who's not like crazy deep into this Marvel Comics lore, what did you think? Oh, gosh. I mean, I don't know if you're going to be able to say that to me anymore because I've been reading comic books like a crazy person. I know. You're show. supposed to be our outside observer. I here. know. Check yourself. I can't, I can't help myself. <laughs> uh, but I try to kind of like I try to watch it first and then do my deep digging on, you know, all the Easter eggs and stuff like that. Like I really just try to like watch it for what it is one time and just the general like casual watch through the first one was spectacular. It was really fun. It was also emotional. I was laughing in this episode a lot more than uh, normal when it comes to the big reveal. I mean, even I knew that it was Agatha all along, not, not doing everything, but like we talked about this. I definitely talked about like how she, I thought she was, she brought Pietro and all that stuff and I have a theory with that on its own but I do not think that she's the big bad I think that she is working with the big bad I mean I I, that, I just I can't oh, see that they would reveal the big bad that <laughs> but starting to sound, you're starting to sound to like reveal a, the big bad that quick I think they're going to reveal something really crazy on the last episode okay let's get into that because uh, it is a popular theory that this is just despite that slap song that this is just still another kind of red herring while Agatha Harkness is a kind of villain in this um, she isn't the true big bag and that makes sense with Marvel Comics lore because Agatha is rarely if never the the end of of the villainy herself yeah. if anything she's always kind of a gray character yeah. who's kind of just using both the bad and good sides of things yeah. uh, uh, in, in magic to kind of you know further her own end or, or accomplish some other goals um, and there are a lot of hints throughout this that there is something else behind her namely the question of what's powering her or where is this magic coming from yeah this this magic in the mcu that we're seeing now even though there's been sorcerers like dr strange it seems very different it's all color-coded it seems to be connected to the infinity stones so like yeah who is backing agatha what is that creepy book who does that talk to because it looks like the dark hold from agents of shield um which again i'll point out that season was the last time we had this weird mix of marvel technology and and supernatural mysticism and the Ghost Rider framework, Darkhold storyline. Um, and yeah, is she talking? And there's her bunnies named Mr. Scratch, who is a code for the devil and a villain in the things. And there's there's all kinds of clues going back to the second episode with her saying the devil. That's not all the devil's in, you know, and putting it out there in front of our faces. So we have some breaking news as well. What? Oh, God, what? I can't where? handle where? it. Where? I can't did, handle it. Did it break? Am I am I making this up? What? Chat, can we get confirmation on the title? Uh, I think it's been released. Bah, bah, bah. Oh. No oh. way. Yep, there it is. No yeah. way. Oh, there it is. Okay, let's do live reaction. So Holland posted a video. We were looking at it. And uh, it's him, Zendaya, and Jacob coming out of uh, the director's office. Yeah, and they're kind of having a little funny conversation here. Oh, they're ragging on Holland for spoiling things. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Oh, and it's just on a whiteboard. They walk out past Spider-Man. No way home, baby. That's a great. I love it. That's I a good love video. That title. That's a good video right there. That's a funny there. That's funny. Um, Tom Holland does spoil everything. <laughs> but now I know why I this has been so delayed. I love Kofi's live recap of that 
Instagram. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Got to do it for the culture, you know? But the I'm question is, did they shoot the this culture. on an iPhone? Yeah. <laughs> um, basically this is why we had to wait for this reveal so that they could shoot this video this morning. Is that it? Is that what we were doing and edit it? Okay. But here yeah. we are. So it was on the money. <laughs> it's no way home. Uh, people guessed it again. So now how do we feel about these title reveals now that we know this title? We've already talked about how sad it is. So, uh, yeah, they need to be better. If I'm going to go through all this rigmarole <laughs> every time a title gets released, at least make it like Dr. Strange, you know, it's like multiverse like madness like things like that need to be in the name it can't it can't be like endgame was such a letdown after all the people were like no it's not endgame it's all these other ones and people were like going crazy out of the box trying to think of names and then we got endgame and it was like oh <laughs> like no way home <laughs> is kind of like that it's like the duh title and yeah, it's, but it's just not hokey and it's not trying too hard that's what i like about but it. it's just like give me a better name Give, give me a better name. If I'm gonna if I'm gonna get this amped, give me a better name. That's all. I think they gave you the name, the the other options in the trolling, right? I like liked home ones. slice. It yeah. should have been home slice. <laughs> or if you're not gonna do home slice, do home skillet is another wonderful option. <laughs> Just, nope. <laughs> that's great you love that spidey has a home trilogy says geek the north i like that too i'm glad that they decided to uh bind all those movies together something else that has been very curious is obviously all of these little you know hints with last night with the drop of the three different titles but a lot of people are referencing that back to three titles three spider-man 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 yeah how do you say spider-man plural Spider-Man. Spider you can say spent. Okay, Spider-Man. But I think that uh, this is going to be awesome. And now that we have this, are we going to ever talk about like the colors and what they might represent from those teasers last night? Like Green Goblin or any of that They're kind Infinity of Stones. <laughs> Everything is Infinity Stones always. By the way, if I, by the way if, if I don't see another Infinity Stone, I'll be perfectly happy with my life. <laughs> <laughs> well, perfectly next fine. episode of WandaVision, I think we'll have one. So, <laughs> good. I think they're just going to show a throwback, though. Oh, man. This is pretty it's crazy. Not- well, I love live reactions. You guys got to see me unfiltered, which is a dangerous thing that CBS <laughs> from. I agree these. with Alex Cosman94, who says we do need more Kofi live reactions. We do. Stop we're just going to get we're just going to bring up like random Instagram posts and TikTok videos <laughs> and have Kofi re- like reenact them. Recap them. Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. That's oh great. man, gotta get fired up. was next TikTok video. Yeah, you know TikTok <laughs> now. Here we go. Um, but all right, you know, just now that we got that interruption, let's get back to Wandavision. <laughs> what did you guys think? We don't. So we're still betting on a bigger, big bad than Agatha Harkness. What did you guys think of the aerospace engineer review? <laughs> wow. Okay. Exactly, I think I this was exactly yet. what we expected it to. I don't think we've <laughs> seen it yet. A big nothing really, burger. Yeah, that was the biggest <laughs> letdown. And it only it didn't help that like BD was out there. It's gonna be Mr. Fantastic. No, it's not gonna yeah, be Mr. BD, Fantastic. Let's be clear. Brandon Davis did gas up the internet. I have the receipts. I took a picture of it to think this is Reed Richards coming. So take it to phase zero with your complaints about this. Uh, phase zero podcast Fridays. That was uh, not us. Yeah, that was not us. Fridays noon phase zero podcast. Um, yeah, I don't think that was her. I don't think that was the aerospace engineer. And I think that we will see it. 
I, that's just what I'm guessing. Who's it going to be, Janelle, though? Who's it going to be? I don't know. I talked about the scroll friend. Um, obviously, like, you know, I don't know. There's quite there's quite a few different things that it could be, but I still don't think it, we're getting our Fantastic Four thing. I, I just Hawk. don't think they would reveal it in that way. Did you say know. Tony Stark? Hey, Darkhawk. <laughs> <laughs> Darkhawk, yeah. Dark, it's Darkhawk. I knew you'd throw in a reference in there. If Darkhawk shows up, I will do one of these podcasts shirtless. Like, if Darkhawk, <laughs> you heard it here. Someone record this bit and keep it. Clip it. <laughs> All right, but um, I don't know because Agatha Harkness gets hired as a babysitter eventually by the Fantastic Four. But uh, I'm just kidding. I don't think they're showing up either. I think yeah, this. I'm with Matt. I think the aerospace engineer is something we just gassed up the internet. To believe. <laughs> I mean, we'll they say. they did drop it twice to our yeah, defense. Like they uh, yeah. kept trying. I think they were messing with us. But I think Agatha's been messing with us all along. Yeah, I mean, and Tayona Paris did kind of hint. I mean, she didn't hint, but she didn't dismiss it because she was kind of trolling her mom about what you think about that and she didn't dismiss that her mom was like it's over and she didn't say anything she was just kind of like meh but uh we'll see uh, i'm not hanging my hat too much of this i'm just looking for the big bad the big cameo we're still gonna get which i still hope is al pacino as mephisto i really do um that is that's gonna good. be so crazy you know that's why because because i can't think of Al Pacino anymore without thinking of bill Hader's impression of al pacino and that is what <laughs> i now envision Mephisto sounding like. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> so terrible. if you put that together, it's a weird fit. It's a very weird fit. Yeah. Anyway. All right. But we're going to be keeping an eye on all that WandaVision stuff. You better believe it. But uh, leaving that behind and moving right along. Real quick, Evan and I are going to take you on a quick anime journey. We're not going to take up too much time because I know our fan base is limited in the anime genre around here. But um. Yeah, I went off on this whole thing with a series uh, called Boy, Promise, Never Promise Neverland, which is airing season two of its anime right now. And, and I feel passionately about it because last year I was locked in with all of you and I picked up a lot of manga and I read a lot of manga. And this series kept me going in those first days of COVID when I thought the world was going to end. I was like, let me get some good reading before we all die here. Um, and I read that and it is one of the great kind of mystery sci-fi anime series I've read in the last few years. Mm -hmm. And they made season two of this anime and they just decided to skip over this huge midsection of the manga, which was very pivotal in terms of introducing kind of evolving the characters, you know, deepening the villains and showing and expanding the world and the mythos in a big way. And they've just kind of cut around it to go for this easy reveal that comes later in the series and kind of seemingly cut out the entire middle and just do this kind of truncated, rushed thing. And I've seen some articles of people saying, oh, they're making changes that make that capture the spirit of the original with less bulk. And I'm just like, normally I get that in anime, you know, manga translations, but this is not the case. They just basically cut out a whole bunch of story, a bunch of stuff that fans really attached themselves to in the story. And I was talking with our head of anime, Megan Peters, and it just feels like they just didn't want to animate because this part of the story has a lot more characters to kind of produce, animate, voice, do that. If somebody with the money just was like, ah, can we do it without all of these characters? And they're like, yeah, I guess. And we just kind of went around it. And it's just terrible. I just feel like it's a hollow product and I just think it needs to end. And so that's what I told the internet and the internet seems to agree. Evan? I, I think that to I, I practiced giving people a 15 second summary of what The Promised Neverland is about because I know not a lot of people have uh, followed it. But The Promised Neverland is an anime series that basically follows a group of orphans who are living in a 
orphanage called the Gracefield House, wherein they discover at the end of the first episode that one of the orphans who was apparently adopted was instead uh, served up to a group of monsters who are actually running the world. Uh, and so the first season is essentially them attempting to not only figure out how to escape, but also playing a game of cat and mouse with the monsters and uh, mom, who is essentially their house mother, who is on board with the monsters who are looking to eat them. The end of the first season ended with uh, these kids finding a way to escape and discovering the world outside of their borders. And the second season explores that world, as Kofi said, not in one of the best ways that they could have. Um, I think that Kofi uh, hit the nail on the head. Well, hit the nail on the head with um, talking about how animators um, have to kind of figure out the best way that they're going to present a story from the manga source material. And unfortunately, when it comes to the Promise Neverland second season, they obviously weren't able to do that. I know that you, you Kofi, had read the manga. I myself haven't. I've just been watching the anime. And even I knew something was very off with it in terms of the story that they were trying to present. Um, and I think the internet as a whole has kind of agreed with that. I don't know how they can kind of right the ship in terms of uh, being able to turn things around or maybe they'll take it to heart with a potential third season. Um, the Promise Neverland is going to be big in terms of they already have a feature-length uh, live-action film that's been released in Japan. They've, uh, they're working on a live-action Amazon series that's coming out in the near future. So really, they, there's a lot of incentive to making the anime series good and continuing to um, live up to the high standards that were presented in the first season. So, you know, fingers crossed that they're able to do that. But yeah, it's a mess right now. And uh, Kofi, you're you're one hundred percent correct in terms of yeah, the second season just hasn't been able to live up to the standard presented in the first season or in the manga itself. <sighs> yeah, that's where we are with that. Um, just some quick anime updates before we move on because we're not spending too much time here. Uh, if you guys are into Naruto, and even if you're not into big the spinoff series stuff. Boruto, big stuff just happened in the Naruto series. Like, you're gonna cry if you're a fan of Naruto. Some big mm -hmm. stuff just happened, not just to Naruto, but to, to Sasuke as well. Um, the older generation's getting old and uh, getting moved, <laughs> moved out of the way. They, they old. Into the retirement going, home. Yeah, they're going towards the retirement home. Um, it's not as... And it, it is, it's sad. It's really sad. It's sad, sad. This saga, you're like, oh, you do get older and you just start losing your, your, your potency. And yeah, it's getting crazy. So some big stuff just happened. And uh, yeah, they're old yelling Naruto. Some <laughs> rival junk in the comments. Yeah, um, in a way. Yeah, no, I mean, no joke. Even in a way, yes. Um, so that's going on. And Dragon Ball just decided... They're going full franchise. There's Dragon Balls. Yep. You get a Dragon Ball, and you get a Dragon Ball, and you Dragon get a Dragon Ball. Ball. There's Dragon Balls literally everywhere now. So <laughs> will this Man. series actually utilize that and, you know, begin to tell stories in a universe of Dragon Balls without Saiyans and Goku, Vegeta, and all that? We'll see. I would, because now it's on the table and possible, but uh, you know how they love to go back to the same old stuff in Dragon Ball. So we'll see. And uh, that's going on with anime. Uh, My Hero Academia is still dope, and season five mm -hmm. of the anime should be here soon. I know that's a crossover hit for a lot of people, so uh, be on the lookout for that. I need to We're get back into that show. 
Greg, a bite. We're done with anime. It was just a little segment. We're just dipping our toe in. We're going back to the stuff you like now. Everybody relax. We're going back to comics now. Matt, comics, what are we doing this week? Uh, yeah, so let's talk uh, some Batman. So this week was actually the uh, fourth and final issue of the Dark Detective uh, series of Future State. So uh, obviously, spoilers incoming for these next couple issues. So if you have not read, Rich, I need that little warning or maybe not i'll just do my own horn bow, bow, bow. Bow, bow, bow. <laughs> Spoilers. done there you go um so dark detective ends that is of course the series you haven't been paying attention to future state that is the one with the original batman bruce wayne as he's been trying to take on peacekeeper 01 and he's kind of living this uh living in this house with a conspiracy theorist guy who like thinks the world is out to get him and in this case he's correct and uh we see kind of that final fight happen um i will just say just right off the bat i am so happy one that this team is continuing after future state and they're going to be taking over detective comics so uh i i am thrilled because one dan mora's art is just Stunning. There are like a couple splash pages in here that are just absolutely beautiful. Yeah. Uh, Mariko Tamaki been, is awesome. I think great. it's been Greg Capallo was the last time I was like this captivated by Batman art. Mm-hmm. This, and when I always talk about Once in Future, Dan Moore does Once in Future. Oh my God. It's a, it's a stunning, stunning series. Like this, he's awesome. So the fact that he's actually going to be doing it monthly, I thought it was just for Future Stay at one point, but that's awesome. So uh, what did we think about the issue overall? What do we uh, think about I, the finale? I, Oh, go ahead, Evan. Oh, uh, I I really dug it, and as as Future State as a whole, uh, I know that originally there were rumors um, about it being the next big thing for DC that it was going to like kind of in the same way as the New Fifty Two and Rebirth was kind of kind of uh, wipe the slate clean that Future State was going to be the big thing moving forward. And in a way, I'm kind of disappointed that it isn't because I've really, really like there's been something for me in each one of these different storylines of future mm-hmm. state, especially in the Batman world. It's like with um, the backup series, that's the um, the Arkham Knight stuff I really dug. That you and Kofi, yeah. 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 <laughs> I weirdly enjoyed that one. <laughs> I, I thought it was pretty cool. Yeah. Um, and and just like the Red Hood, like his, his new status quo in the future state, I thought that there was a lot of interesting stuff there. And as you said, Matt, um, I think that them continuing it, even even if it's not like the big line wide thing, just being able to have a few books that go back to that world, I think is really great. I think that they found something really great with Future State, and I look forward to seeing where it goes in the future. Well, and that was what I actually liked about the the idea for the line, as opposed to you know being this line wide reshaping of the continuity like 5g was going to be i i liked that it was this we're going to present a lot of different takes give these characters to a lot of great creators and see what they can do with them and some stuff's going to stick and some stuff's not but let's see what the thing is and you know get an idea for it and then whatever really sticks out whatever really kind of is a home run we keep right because like batman urban legends is coming the Red Hood team and the Red Hood story is going to continue there, right? Mm-hmm. Um, same with uh, Grifter. Uh, I know we actually, some of us kind of dug the Grifter stuff that was happening in some of the other books. That's also going to continue. Outsiders is going to continue in that. So we're going to get, and even if we don't get the continuation of the actual future state story, like in Detective, we're going to get the same team. So it's going to be mm-hmm. a similar vibe. And So I like that that's where we're going with that. Janelle, what do you think? I thought it was beautiful. 
I, I loved the artwork. Um, I love the way that they progress the story in this. Uh, it didn't end the way that I thought it would. It was actually kind of abrupt for me, mm-hmm. but I actually, I loved it because I wasn't expecting it. Sometimes things are pretty obvious, like where's, you know, where's the story going? So I was very engaged. I was very excited to read it. And, uh, and when I got to the last page, I was like, wait, what? It's over? Like, yeah. but I, I couldn't <laughs> believe it. Um, shout outs to um, Peacekeeper looking like Yondu. right yeah very uh uh, very nice mohawk there yeah but it was great i really i really enjoyed this one and um you know it wasn't the standout for me this week but it's very hard to compete when you add strange to the mix so i know i know black hat was just it was just your bag i i I just know after reading that issue i was like oh my god is that jen over and all over (laughs) what'd you think of black hat of uh dark detective yeah. Um, I liked I also am with Evan in the sense that I've been very upfront in saying that I, I hope this would be become the kind of continuity for Bruce Wayne because it does make sense after Joker War to do something like Dark Detective and and kind of go down that route because we are getting the stripped down Batman concept. Um and I like that. So I, I've enjoyed Dark Detective as a concept that I want to see continue in main DC canon. I was a little underwhelmed by this as a finale. Uh, I thought the reveal of Peacekeeper One would be a little bit juicier. Right? Yeah, he was just some dude with like Quentin Choir hair, and I was like, okay, <laughs> um, not who I expected under there, but I thought he was going to be somebody. Um, mm. So I, I was a little someone we are familiar with. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I was a little underwhelmed with that, but like I said, all in all, I kind of uh, and I felt like this one was a rushed ending that they had to do just to wrap up this this story. But uh, I, I like Dark Detective as as probably in my top two favorite of this DC future state line, along with, uh, with the, um, with wonder woman. And so, yeah, I, I kind of, I kind of dig it. And like I said, I would love to see Bruce Wayne take along a lot of the qualities that we saw in dark detective in main DC canon, him having to kind of slum it around Gotham or, and him just having this kind of, you know, this style of scale down suit and just kind of operate with what he can find and do. And I, I liked all that. And his monologue was interesting and seeing him on the edge like that and, and kind of having to scrap is very different from Bruce Wayne. So, and I just kind of dug it. So, yeah. Yeah. I think, um, I, okay. So I can't confirm this and they never say it, or at least I don't think they say it. Um, I'm trying to figure out his name. Okay. So I thought that was Jacob Kane. It looks like Jacob Kane from who is essentially Kate Kane's Batwoman's father. Because in some of the other DC books for over the like maybe like a year ago, kind of uh, Batman Eternal and stuff like that, he was running like his own kind of organization that was sort of trying to keep the peace and sort of do a very mild version of the magistrate. And so I, th- he looks like him, but they never say it and they never confirm it. And he didn't have a Mohawk back then. So like I have no clue. Uh, but even with that assumption, it, it was a little bit of a letdown just because I was like, okay, make a, if it is him, make a big deal of it. And even if it was him, it still wouldn't be like the most earth shattering thing. So I was that, that, and then what Janelle said kind of just not that the finale was bad because I enjoyed it, but it was abrupt. It's just, you know, it's like the, the end quote is cool. But I like, feel like, yeah, all of these endings are, are abrupt. And I feel like it's just yeah. the nature of what they did with this, this little <laughs> yeah. future state experiment yeah. because they just had to cut it off and they were just like, all right, that's it. Like, you know, yeah, next I, it very much, away. it very much felt like that. And I was waiting for like an epilogue, just something to kind of 
put a little bit of a cherry on top, but I really in, enjoyed this. And I agree. I, I feel like once we get to, because, you know, once we get past future state, things will go back to, you know, Bruce and ghost maker and like all that stuff that we were kind of, that we left that will take back over, but I hope we keep some of these things. So I, I'm actually more excited, which I haven't been able to say in a long time about detective comics going back than I am the main Batman series, but you know, we'll see about that. So now let's get to Janelle's. I know Janelle's favorite book of the week, which is King in Black, uh, Black Cat number three. And uh, you know, I, this was another case of like, I feel like anyway, the, the tie-ins for King of Black have just been really fun. They explore interesting concepts with characters that maybe we don't expect those concepts to be. And I thought it was just really fun and, and did some really cool stuff here. So Janelle, what did you think about this? Oh gosh, I, it's so good. First of all, like the first introduction to this character, Black Hat for me was in the King and Black series and, uh, and I love her. <laughs> She's witty, sarcastic, fun, cocky, uh, intelligent. Like I love this character so much. And, um, you know, any, any introduction of Dr. Strange makes me really excited. I love that he was her priority during this time. And I, it just helped. I love how they make him important, uh, in this series. Like we need, he is like the key. We have to get him, but her costume spoilers, her reveal when she has the full blown, like magic, from Asgard. I don't even know what that thing's called. It's like a magic stick. Oh yeah, the magic tree. <laughs> I never yeah. know how to pronounce the tree. The yeah. guardian tree. Okay, I never know how to pronounce it, so I don't. I always just go like the Asgard tree. <laughs> yes, her costume, her her outfit is so glorious. Like she is an Amazon warrior. Uh, it, the art was just so fantastic. Um, it's such a good, it, I, I, I think that hers is my favorite stories in all of the King of Black. Wow. Yeah. Nice. Even, I, even the main, like including the main series. Yeah. Nice. I love her stuff. I love the story so much. And the, I'm a big fool. I'm a sucker for artwork, like really, really well done artwork and people who can draw a woman well, <laughs> And I yeah. just love the way she looks. I, she looks so good. And um, and it's just, it's fun. It's fun and serious. Has a cameo from my favorite hero. It just has, it hits everything that I need from a comic book. I love it so much. Yeah. I also just like, by the way, that they they make Strange important, but they still, they don't do it by taking any importance away from her. Right. Because it's her like, book. Yeah, yeah. It's her book. The whole onus is on her to like, she has to be the one to give the power back. She yep. has to be the one to overcome that. It can't be him. Like, I like that because, you know, and there's also a great part in there where she's being shown all the different like traumas that she's undergone throughout. And she's like, stop showing me. Yeah. <laughs> she even tells her. She's like, that's not how you're going to convince <laughs> yeah, me that's, to that's do not going to work. Like, that's stop not. That. That's yeah. Just, <laughs> she's um, great. Yeah. Uh, Evan, Kofi, what'd you guys think? Um, normally. And this is a good thing I'm saying I'm building up to. Uh, normally, I hate like these in kind of interior stories, like soul searching, mind searching stories where a character has to go into themselves and like do all this stuff about their own history. But this one was really good, um, mainly because, as Janelle pointed out, Felicia Hardy, the character, makes it a lot better because this is a standard kind of tired comic book trope. 
And she makes it so good with her commentary, like, yo, dude, stop showing me the old times I've been beat up. Like, yeah. I get it. Like, <laughs> like F you. Like, uh, show me something different. Like, what's in it for me? And she's always a thief. I love that. Like, yeah, 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 yeah power. What's the catch? What's in it for me? Like, you know, and all of that. So her character made it really good and kind of that interplay because like i said i am so not a fan of that trope in comic books because it just gets so played out um, i don't either i don't i'm so, yeah, bored Most, yeah. nine times out of ten i'm bored uh but this one was fun yeah i think that uh one of the hardest things i feel for like a creative team is when they have to be thrown into the middle of a crossover event um and seeing what this creative team is able to do with the black cat and felicia hardy is just really fantastic like I don't know, you guys would know better than me on this, whether or not this is going to continue as a title following uh, the crossover event. Yes. Oh, okay, great. Yeah, I can't wait to see what they come up with when they can stretch their legs a little and like what they have in store for Felicia and everything. I think that uh, the King in Black so far has done a pretty good job. And like, um, especially with like the Namor stuff, the Agents of Atlas, mm -hmm. um, and a few other books, it's done a really good job of being able to integrate some of the lesser seen characters of the Marvel universe and not like give them something to do, but also explore their individual characters as giant symbiote dragons descend <laughs> from the heavens yeah. upon the world. Um, it's yeah, it's been really great. I look forward to seeing what they do in the future with the character. That's a, you know, that's a really good point uh, because I feel like, that is something that is incredibly hard to do. We've seen it done wrong a million times mm -hmm. when you try spotlight some of these other non top tier characters. And I don't say that in a derogatory way because I love most of those characters. <laughs> so, like, uh, but like, you know, you, you try it, it. Sometimes it just feels like filler. It just feels like, oh, well, we're just getting them into a book. And it's like, oh, we're just publishing it so we don't lose the rights. It always has that feeling, whether it's that way or not. And, and King of Black has done a really good job of, of making them feel important and giving them something additive to do to the mm -hmm. contributing to the whole and just letting their personality shine. You know, uh, it's, it's been great in that regard. So yeah, I, I agree. This one has been a unexpected standout. Now, what I will say is that uh, McKay's previous black cat series is a great, like it, this picks up from there. So if you want more of that, he's actually been writing the book for a minute uh, and that was kind of during her whole, like when she became an underworld crime boss and she was doing all that, which was great too. Like they've actually done, Felicia Hardy has actually been one of the more underrated characters over the last few years of Marvel and they've yeah. done a really good job with her. So uh, if you are interested, definitely check that out, but there is more to come as well. Um, so briefly, real quick, I don't know who else had a chance to kind of maybe take a look at it, but uh, Marvel's Voices Legacy number one did come out and, um, you know, Marvel's uh, Voices uh, they've done this kind of thing before where they get a bunch of just really creative people and they try and just make it, you know, as diverse and uh, and interesting as possible, just in the amount of different creators that they bring on and let them tell stories. And I got to read, I have not gone through, I will admit, I have not been able to go through the whole book just because of time. I did. Uh, well, Janelle is a rock star. Um, so <laughs> I have not been able to do that. What I did read, though, was the first few stories of it. And I will say, I think this is actually my favorite john ridley marvel story so far it, it leads off with that and actually i i've kind of been like hofi i haven't loved as much of the his comic stuff as i as i thought i would um but this was great i i thought this was great and the second story is like like black cat is with janelle the second story in this is like in my wheelhouse it's ironheart miss marvel uh and uh shuri and they're just like 
taking time away from superheroing and it's all this just fun banter and back and forth. It's great. I, I loved it. Absolutely loved it. So that those were two I would recommend, Janelle, since you read the whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> what I else mean, would you recommend? It's it is, it does kind of like meld together when you read the whole thing all at once. Like I would recommend taking your time and trying to read one individually, like and give yourself like a little bit of like a like a taste of something else in between because they kind of start to overlap in your mind because they are short stories and it's hard to really appreciate them for what they are because you're trying to blow through the whole thing, which is what I was doing. And I, I wasn't reading everything, you know, scrutinizing what was going on or really taking in the art that I would have liked. I honestly, the first, the very first introduction, I think it was with, with it, was it Miles Morales where there, mm -hmm. he just literally was taking these very, bullying or like self-deprecating words and, and phrases and turn and like flipping them on their head and making them really powerful. And that is absolutely the one that stuck out the most to me yeah. because it was like very few words, but it's, I could see myself telling myself those things, like, especially the last one, um, as like affirmations. I, that one was great. Um, and it was just really good to see repre representation here. Um, and there was like a little spotlight on one of the artists, which was gorgeous. It was a great photography shot of this this woman and um, and a lot of stories behind why, you know, these creators created these. Just read the whole thing if you're going to do it. Like actually sink your teeth into the behind the scenes stories from the artists and from the writers and, uh, and just take your time. That's what I would recommend because I wish I, I wish I took my time a little bit more. Agreed. Uh, yeah. And that first, yeah. that John Ridley story, it was the first so one good. with miles. That was fantastic. Uh, Kofi and Evans, any, any parting thoughts on that? Uh, give it to a kid, teach them to be better. <laughs> no, like it wasn't really deep reading for me. I mean, there are a lot of cute little stories in there, but it's just a, like a little, it's like a little trivia thing. Like I said, I'd buy it and give it to my kid so they could learn to read and learn a little bit about yeah. you know, inclusivity and stuff like that. Yeah, it's great Absolutely. for that. Uh, and that, but that's comics this week. All right, that'll do it for this episode of Comic Book Nation. Thank you guys for tuning in and riding with us on this whole roller coaster to the Spider-Man 3 title reveal. If you guys haven't yet, go back and look at that reveal video and pause it at the end and just look at the whiteboard full of titles for the Spider-Man movie titles they abandoned. There are some really hilarious jokes in there. <laughs> um, all of the titles we talked about are on there. There's one that says webcamming and it says keep it PG underneath. Like it's really, it's really hilarious. So uh, yeah, check out that whiteboard of rejected Spider-Man titles if you want to have a good laugh. If you want to get into Comic Book Nation, we put up new episodes every Wednesday on comicbook.com and your favorite podcast listening platforms. We also stream live on Twitch, Facebook, and on YouTube. If you want to get into the show regularly, you can follow us at Comic Book Nation or subscribe on your podcast platforms. We're on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and you can tell any smart home device to fire up Comic Book Nation podcast. If you want to get more podcast content out of comicbook.com, along with us on Wednesdays, we have our Marvel-focused Phase Zero podcast on Fridays and our Pokemon-focused podcast, The Wild Pokemon Has Appeared, on Monday. we got a whole universe here for you guys. Pokemon! If you want to reach out to any of us individually, you can find us at our Twitter handles. I am at Kofi Outlaw. I am at Matt Aguilar CB. I am at Janelle Wheeler. And I am at EV Comedy. All right. Thanks again, guys. If you like the show, go on Apple Podcasts, leave us a five-star review. 
when we get back in our merch closet after we've all been vaccinated, we're going to send out some t-shirts to all of our five-star reviewers. So get your reviews in. A lot of you have, and I thank you for that, guys. Talk to you next time. Again, thank you for riding on us on this particularly roller coaster ride of emotions to the Spider-Man 3 title. <laughs> we'll hope to talk about more Marvel, more DC, and everything in between next time with you on the Comic Book Nation podcast. See you then. Peace. Adieu. Bye, guys.